want you to join me in the book of Ephesians today, Ephesians chapter 5. And I want to talk to you about the subject of time. God gives us time, and it's important that we as dads and uh, we as family men and the head of our family, that we, uh, we realize that time is a gift. And I want to talk to you about that today, time. And... Um, of quality versus quantity because it continues to be debated although it really shouldn't because there's a clear-cut biblical answer and I want to share that with you today. Harry Chapin back in the 70s wrote a song and it's kind of where the era I come from. I was a teenager then but it had a song he wrote a song and it had a lot of meaning and it was pretty confessional too about his relationship with his own son but it said this it says the uh, verse 1 says, a child arrived just the other day. He came into the world in the usual way. With planes to catch and bills to pay, he learned to walk while I was away. He was talking before I knew it and said, I'm going to be like you, Dad. You know I'm going to be like you. The chorus of that first, the chorus went like this, and the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon, the little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you're going to come home, Dad, I don't know when. But we'll get together then, son. You know we'll have a good time then. Second verse says, my son turned 10 just the other day. He said, thanks for the ball, Dad. Come, let's play. Can, uh, can you teach me to throw, Dad? I said, not today. I got a lot to do. He said, that's okay. He walked away and he smiled. And as he started to, he said, I'm going to be like him. You know I'm going to be like him. Verse 3 says, well, he came home from college just the other day, Some, uh, so much like a man I had to say, son, I'm proud of you, can you sit for a while? He shook his head and he said with a smile, what I'd really like to do, dad, is borrow the car keys, see you later, can I have them, please? And then that course again, when you're coming home, son, I don't know when, but we'll get together then, dad, you know we'll get together, we'll have a good time then. Listen to this last verse. I've long since retired. My son's moved away. I called him just the other day. I said, I'd like to see you if you don't mind. He said, I'd love to, Dad, if I could find the time. See, the new job's a hassle and the kids have got the flu. But it's sure nice talking to you, Dad. It's sure nice been talking to you. And as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me he had grown up just like me. My boy was just like me. We have a really brief life. And one of the things I noticed with all four of the children that we were gifted by God to, to raise and were stewards of is that you just have, they change so quickly and life passes so rapidly that you just get to raise them once and that's it. And then they're an adult child and you have a different relationship and uh, then they produce these wonderful things called grandchildren. Amen? Some of you know what I'm talking about. It is uh, incredible. I want to ask God to really bless your time. And men, I really want you to really pay attention to your pastor today. I want you to hear my heart. Um, I battled with this as a pastor because uh, there have been so many years that I have worked way beyond any 40-hour week. And... Uh, there came a point even in my, I was probably, my, our kids were at the age of uh, 
middle school and, and uh, maybe down into elementary and then we still had preschoolers since we had four and they went over nine years. I can remember one day Kimma calling me and she said, take your pastor hat off. And I'm not doing it as sternly as she did. She said, put your husband hat on and your father, your dad hat on and get home. Whatever you're doing, it's not more important than what we're doing together in raising children. And uh, I never will forget that phone call because uh, there's always somebody else to share the gospel with. There's always somebody else to give counsel to. There's always another meeting to plan for. There's always something else to do. And listen, church work is important. But you know that I would be disqualified to be in this position if I fail my family? The Bible has a lot to say about that. It says that about pastors. It says that about those that serve as deacons. And it talks about how we lead our families. To be here means I need to be faithful there. And I want to share something with you this morning as we get into the Word. I want you to look that there really is no quality apart from quantity. I want you to look at a passage that tells us so. In Ephesians chapter 5, in verse 14 and 15, it says, For it is light that makes everything visible. God's getting ready to shed some light into our lives. And here's the light that he gives. That is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. What are you sleeping about in your life? What are you asleep to? What are you, you've got the drowsy, a drowsy condition. Maybe you're sitting in that recliner and, you know, it's right before that, you know, you're watching the ball game, Right? or you're watching the movie, or you're whatever, but it's, it's right before you nod off in that chair. This is that drowsy condition that we can get in in life as a husband and as a father. And it's really important that we watch that in our life. Check this out. He goes on to say, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. What in your life have you been asleep to, or are you sleeping to right now? What do you need a revival about? What do you need to wake up about and see reality instead of maybe how things are right now? He says, be very careful. That's a word of pain, fellas. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. And then listen to this. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. If you're going to be a wise individual, you've got to choose wisdom. You have to choose to watch and guard your life and give yourself to those things that are most valuable and worthy of investing in. And obviously that is to follow Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you're without Christ, listen, Dad, or whoever, you need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's step one. And then there's all kinds of steps in between that we need to follow, that should be priorities in our lives. God puts a lot of emphasis on family. I want you to hear some things today. Philip Wiley is an individual that has studied how men spend their time. And here's what he observed about the, uh, a, a normal guy. In his research, he found, 
we all have 168 hours to our week, right? That's just a given. That's everybody. You ever wish you had more? Sure you have. Um, he talks about the 160 hours, 68 hours a week that we have. He, his research showed that the average man, this isn't the average woman, this is the average man we're talking about today, spends 40 hours at work, allowing another 15 hours for commuting, maybe if you live in the DFW area a little more, lunch, overtime, etc. Then set aside another 56 hours if you sleep 8 hours a night. Some of you may sleep 7 some of you may be one of those six-hour sleepers, but most of us require at least a fair amount of sleep. But if you take that the average is eight hours, that adds up to 111 hours of your week gone from work, things around work, and sleeping. Getting to work, coming back from work, and, in, and over time. That leaves, in the average man's life, 57 hours. 111 are spent, 57 hours to do everything else, everything else. What should you use those 57 hours for? Well, we can fill in the blank with all kinds of answers there, but obviously family should be a big, big part of it. Family Research Council found this information true, and part of this is because women are in the work place and most of them were not in 1965 but listen to this parents today spend only 17 hours per week with their children 40 percent less than in 1965 according to the university of maryland study that was just done uh, one group of one study showed that seven and eighth grade boys recorded uh, for two weeks how much time they spent with their fathers each day the average was seven and a half minutes alone with their father each day, seven and a half minutes, seventh and eighth grade boys. Does a seventh and eighth grade boy need their dad? You better believe they do. That is a crucial, crucial time. The average parent in that study for two weeks was seven and a half minutes a day. Listen to this. Dobson did some research, and he showed that when uh, in, in some of his study, one of the most shocking ones that he ever took, he said he found that the typical middle-class father spent 37 seconds with per day with small children. These are very these are babies they were talking about. The average encounter was 2.7 encounters daily that lasted 10 to 15 seconds each. That just stinks. You know what that is? That's a greeting in the morning, a greeting when you come home, and maybe a, a bedtime. That's an uninvolved father, isn't it? That's what that is. That's a father that's not in his child's life. And raising children is not just for ladies, is it, fellas? It's a job for all of us. In fact, they desperately need our help to be in there. You see, there must be quantity to have quality. Anybody in here ever take Gary Chapman's uh, five love, love language test? If you ever do premarital counseling with me, you'll, you'll and, and sometimes I take couples through it again uh, when they come to me because I want them to understand about how you translate uh, what's your love language and how you receive it, how you speak it. Well, one of the love languages is quality time. And the reality is, with all 
relationship, you cannot have quality time apart from quantity. You have to have time. In fact, if those of you who are quality time people, doesn't it take time to speak love to you? Doesn't it take invested time for that to, for that to translate to you if you're a quality time person? Listen to this. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, we have a tremendous verse about what we as husbands and fathers should be doing with our families. And here's what it says. It talks about provision. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and in uh, the, real, the, the Greek text, it's really talking about your immediate family, and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Now, when you talk about provision, most men naturally think about financial provision, right? I think even today, in a culture where so many, it takes so, so much to make it these days, most men and women are working in a, in, you know, it's a, it's a double-income home, and sometimes even another job or two. Uh, just to make ends meet, it's tough, right? It's just, uh, it's, it's, uh, it just takes a lot to get by. Men will typically think about provision. And I've heard men say this in the counseling room and also in discussions with me. And I'll hear them say this. Well, I do all that I do so my family can have all these things. Well, bless your soul, brother. That's not all you're called to do is to provide stuff for them. We're not consumers. We are consumer as one dimension of us, but we are so much more than that. Spiritual provision is your chief obligation. You are to be a witness of Jesus Christ. You are to live like Jesus Christ, be Christ-like. That is the ultimate provision you'll ever give to your children. If they see Jesus in you and you communicate Jesus, that's the ultimate and that is the chief obligation you have as parents today and grandparents today even made that pledge in front of us to show them Christ, to live Christ in front of them, to see them come to Christ at the earliest possible age. That You heard those pledges, those commitments, those vows this day in this place. We are to provide, aren't we? One of the provisions we must do with, with a family is give them time. When we get together with our children, it's interesting to hear their perspective of the things that they enjoyed. They almost always involve time that we did something special together. Uh, whether it's a vacation and something goofy happened, or whether uh, we, uh, we, we did something for somebody, one of them's birthday or whatever, it's interesting to listen to them bring up because, see, I think there's things that were, that were more important, and they will always bring up things that were time things, things that we were uh, involved in a, a special time together. Um, in fact, many of the Christian psychologists say that if you want your family to do, have, have an awesome life, give them many wonderful memories of wonderful things being done together, and that requires... T-I-M-E, doesn't it? Listen to this. David Jeremiah, in his book on the myth, exposing the myths of parenthood, he wrote this. Listen to it. He said, so what is this quality time myth? It is as 
phony as a fake diamond in a $1 ring. It is a rationale that allows people like me to relieve a guilty conscience while we go on neglecting our responsibility as parents. The fact is, there is no quality without quantity. I hope you hear that, because there really isn't, is there? Third of all, look at this. If your family is a priority in your life, then you will make time for them. Don't make excuses, fellas. Make time for your family. Listen to this. James Dobson writes, Children just don't fit into to-do lists very well. It takes time to introduce them to a good book, and it takes time to listen to them. Once more, that skin-knee episode and talks about the bird with the broken wing and things that they observe, it just takes time. There are, there are building blocks of esteem held together with the mortar of love, but they seldom materialize amidst busy timetables. It just takes time to give our children what we need to. I want you to hear something. I'm going to go back to a passage in the book of uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6. And in Deuteronomy chapter 6, you'll find a passage there that we quote all the time. In fact, Jesus said it was the greatest commandment. But in that passage, he tells us about how it was living out in the life of Israel and in their families. And I want you to listen how much time is involved in what I read. Listen to it with a different ear today. Listen for time involvement. Listen to this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your heart. Listen to the next phrase. Impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at your home and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie, these symbol, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. Listen, that sounds like somebody that's trying in every single way. If you love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. What are you doing? You're teaching this ultimate concept of loving God to your children and to your grandchildren. And somebody in the first service said, Pastor, you never said a word this morning about great-grandchildren or great-great-grandchildren. And some of us have some of those, and some of you may have some in here as well. But his, whatever the case is, you get to live out these principles in front of them and teach them these principles, don't you? Some of you this morning, one of the things we did, you know, our kids are moving to Corpus Christi, and they don't have a house yet. They went down to do a walk through. They're built, they had a new home built, and uh, they'll be down there for a few years. We're really tickled about that. They got there in six hours. I'm like, yes, that's so much better than 31 to Seattle. So we will see them much more frequently, and we've got them at our house for a couple weeks before they move down there and are ready. So I, we're just in heaven. But yesterday, I did something that I would not normally do on a Saturday, but it's a grand, grandparent thing. You can relate to it. They said, let's go to the water park. Well, I thought the water park at Kettering, the new one that's indoors, that sounds like a great idea. If I resemble a lobster to you today, that's, because, that's what happened. And I have the stripes to show it today because I put sunscreen everywhere except my face. And you can tell today, can't you? 
So this is grandparent marks, and I mean I had a ball in that little pool and the little slides, and man, we just had the best old time. And I tell you what, that's going to be a real memory for me, and I hope as they age, I don't know if little Caden will remember it. He's just a year old now, but uh, Cameron may very well remember Grand, uh, that Peppy and Kiki went with them to the, to the park yesterday, and Peppy looked like a lobster after it was over. And uh, you can see, I hadn't had any sun this year at all. I usually tan up pretty good, but, man, I got way too much, as you can see. And my face is tight. You ever have that feeling, you know? It's a little bit on fire and my face is tight. So if I look like I'm preaching a little funny today, it's probably because I am. I probably really am. But, man, I had the best time. In that, and, man, we spent hours out there till they kind of, like, passed out and then, I just was trying to hang out, hang long enough until one of them passed out. And then I was like, yeah, I think it's time to go. It's time to go now. You been there? I mean, man, we just, we're just not as young as we used to be, are we? And uh, anyway, I just had a great time. But I thought yesterday, I thought, boy, how this goes with the message. That it's all about spending time. It's all about loving your family. It's all about hanging out, doing things together. And no, we didn't. I don't know that we taught any Bible yesterday, but man, we sure had some fun as family, and and uh, hopefully we got a little bit in there, and we sure laughed at my daughter who still screams as she comes down those big long deals. I mean, you you knew it was Brittany because you hear ah! all the way down. I thought, man, she still does that. And how old are you now? Oh, never mind. She's our oldest. Hey. Um, Dear friend of mine, uh, Rick Stanley, that's literally stepbrother to Elvis Presley. I know that sounds crazy, but he his he and his two little brothers got taken into the the mansion there, and I had I had Rick preach for us. I don't know how many times. He's just a good friend, but he had a music person named David Aiken, and David Aiken was so committed to his family. He was in music evangelism. He's traveling all over the place. So they took their kids out started homeschooling the kids because David was so committed to being, spending time with family. And, you know, these guys that travel, that's really tough on them. So mom started traveling with them. Kids started traveling. And then he turned his kids into his band. And now his son, uh, two of his sons have gone on to be single today too but I want to share a song today in closing that is from David he wrote this as he was raising kids and it was right when he was deciding that they were just going to take the kids on the road with them all the time that this was just going to be the way they were they they were going to do life together he wrote a song called L-O-V-E spells T-I-M-E I want to close with that song today. It it reads as follows. I'm reading you the lyrics. Seems like yesterday our hearts were full of joy when the Lord gave us a miracle, a little boy. I could not comprehend how this could be. Seems we were, uh, seems we see him changing almost every day. Now he's grown into a little man who needs who needs uh, me to come and play when I try. To justify my time, I'm reminded of this little song, how these words stay in my mind. Here's the chorus. It seems like they grow so fast as time 
keep slipping away. Nothing in this world lasts. They're here and then they're gone away. All we have is here and now to our love, to our love and to them somehow, to love them somehow. Open your eyes then and you will find a children's word for love is T-I-M-E. Oh yeah, it's time. Listen to this next verse. He says, the longer I live on this earth, the more I learn just how every moment is, how quickly seasons turn. One day it's warm, the next day it's cold. They're young and then one day they're old. Lord, we want to be good mom and dads. Help us to learn how to handle situations as you as we watch our children grow. Lord, forgive us for when we have too much to do. Lord, help us teach them as they learn how to trust in you. And then that chorus again, they need our time. These little ones need our time. L-O-V spells T-I-M-E. Oh, so much truth in that. And it's true of all relationships. But it's especially true of being a parent. Kids spell love. T-I-M-E. So where are you? Dad? Mom? You need to make a recommitment today. You got 57 hours a week you can control. If you're working. Thereabouts. How much of your family gets that time? It's really important. I have had way too many dads speak to me as senior adults and tell me that one of the major mistakes they made in their life was they were not committed enough to their wife and they were not committed enough to their children in giving them what they needed as they were, as they were being raised. You only get to raise them once. Once. And as an adult, it becomes different, doesn't it? 